Welcome to the Foresight Church Podcast. Enjoy this week's sermon. For more information about us, go to foresightchurch.co.za. Thank you, worship team. You guys have been awesome. Thank you. Good morning, Foresight Church. <laughs> My name's Johnny. For those of you who don't know, there's so many new people here. So hi, hi. <laughs> Isn't it an amazing blessing to be able to come free to church without masks, without meeting limitations? It's cool, eh? Yeah, thank you, Lord. Unfortunately, for some of us, it means some need to get into the habit of shaving. And, and some of us need to get into the habit of maybe brushing our teeth again. I must admit, it does feel a little strange walking into the shops without a mask. You know, you feel a little bit exposed. But I'm definitely glad to be free. Free from masks and free from sin and death. <laughs> I know, I've, I plugged that in on purpose. <laughs> it's very weird for me to be standing up here. I don't usually stand up here. I had a meeting this week with one of our, our clients, and um, there, there was one of the guys in this meeting who was representing a group of people, because he, he called the meeting to have a discussion. And um, when he was asked if he was representing the people, his answer was, yes, but I'm not Jesus Christ who's going to pay for all the sins of the people. I was lost in thought for the next 10 minutes after that. I don't even know what happened in the meeting. Because my mind was just like, man, I'm so grateful that Jesus was willing to do it. <laughs> he was representing the people, but he wasn't, he wasn't willing to take anything on their behalf. But Jesus was. You know, it, it's an amazing blessing to know that we are free from sin and death. Because Jesus loved us so much. And I was reminded of this verse in John 15, 13 that says, Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. I was blown away in that moment. Can we just pray together for a moment? Jesus, we want to thank you. Thank you for being willing. Thank you for being obedient. Thank you for going through the worst thing anyone could go through, even sweating blood, because you love us. Thank you for dying on the cross, and thank you for being risen from the dead to overcome sin and death on our behalf. We just want to give you honor this morning, and we want to thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So I'd like to read from the book of Psalm 27 this morning from verse 1. It's a Psalm of David. And I cannot say what was happening in David's life at this time when he was writing the scripture, how old he was, or what was happening in his life right there, but I, I know that David valued the Lord. And he valued being part of the Lord's house. And that is what I'd like to share this morning. So let's, let's go through to Psalm 27 from verse 1. 
The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though walk, uh, the war breaks out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. For in the day of trouble, He will keep me safe in His dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Friends, the word value in this context means something that we regard as important in our lives. When we read this passage of scripture, regardless of, of when David wrote this or what was happening at the time, or even what David's personal feelings were, we know from this passage that David valued being part of the house of the Lord. Not necessarily a physical building, but being part of the family, the household of God. David knew that being in the house of the Lord, being counted as a member of God's household, is the key to being safe from everything else that may come against him. Proverbs 18 verse 10 says, The name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. I love the old worship songs. The new ones have got scripture too. But the old ones, that specific word, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it, and they will be saved, or they are saved, right? It is such an awesome scripture. And you know, those, those songs help us memorize those, scripture, those scriptures. Friends, we need to be able to memorize those scriptures. We need to be able to recall them. Because <laughs> today there is a blatantly obvious clash of values in the world. Between the world, those who, who do not value Christ, and those who do. The first disciples, the followers of Jesus, between the time of Jesus' resurrection and the time of Constantine, the emperor of Rome who made Christianity the main religion of Rome. We're talking about 300 years between that time, all Christians were persecuted. And there were many reasons why these Christians were persecuted. But one of the strongest reasons why Christians were persecuted was because the Roman Empire and its society valued polytheism, which means they had many gods, their many god religion. Their conversation day to day would be things like, by Jupiter, we will do this. That was one of their gods. They constantly reaffirmed 
their value, the most important thing. Now, the Roman Empire largely ignored the Jewish group of people. Yes, they had a single monotheistic God, one God. But they ignored the Jewish people because the Jewish people were not interested and were not as intentional about converting people. Their entire understanding of God was based around law, the law of Moses, and doing good and getting things right and being perfect. But when Jesus came and he taught the disciples, when Jesus died and he rose again, the new disciples, the followers of the way and later called Christians, they were given a new covenant, a mandate to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, Matthew 28. This is different. This is something new the Roman Empire hasn't encountered before. And at first, Christianity was no real threat to the Roman Empire. But as more and more people, not only Jewish people, but now all people, Gentiles included, Greeks and the like, Slave or free. When the people were started converting to Christianity, when they started to hear the good news and they were baptized and their lives changed, their values changed. The Roman people started to notice, wait, 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 something's wrong here. The people aren't following what we're doing anymore. They're not respecting our authority because they don't respect our gods. And we all know from history that that did not go down too well with these Christian fellow disciples and with these Romans. They had a clash of values. You see, when you're a Roman emperor and you've worked your entire life to become the emperor, as close to God as they felt they could get. And even some of them thought they were a God. And suddenly a group of people are going around saying that your entire life's work is useless because there's only one God. And we all belong to that one God. Suddenly, we're challenging people's values. And you better believe they were offended because they really felt like they were gods, these Roman empires, emperors. Friends, as humans, when a person's values are challenged, we will defend it. We will even vigorously attack somebody who threatens our values. Think about this for a moment. Imagine an intruder breaks into your house while you were there with your family. And they proceed to threaten your family. Your immediate reaction is going to be to defend and protect your family. And that's because we value our family. We value the people in our family, the relationships, the love. They're important to us. And we love them dearly, right? Well, that's exactly what was happening to the Roman Empire. 
and why there was such a fierce persecution against Christians. Somebody they didn't know or they didn't pay attention to was threatening them, threatening their way of life, threatening their values and their understanding. Today, friends, we like to think that we live in a different world. But in many ways, we live in the same type of world. There is a great clash of values happening in the world today. Holding on to sound biblical values is becoming very unpopular because it is not the socially accepted values of the general society. Laws are being changed in favor of whatever society deems fit or accepts as normal. And Christians are being labeled with all sorts of derogatory terms. And as a result, many believers, many born-again believers, are now quietly worshiping God in the comforts of their home by themselves. Very careful not to offend people with what they say. It's difficult to be a Christian in our world. It's difficult to navigate through every question and every challenge and every accusation against Christianity and Christians in today's world. We don't have all the answers. We feel like we need to. Friends, I'm sure that many of us feel this weight every day. We turn on the radio and they're announcing and celebrating the Gay Pride Month. You watch TV show, and it's, it's not even five minutes before Jesus and the Bible is challenged in some form or another. You have conversations with friends or colleagues, and comments about your imaginary friend in the sky is dumped over you. Satan is loving that so many people are deceived right now. He especially loves the fact that believers are being challenged and accused daily because he is the accuser of the brethren. The big question, though, is what do we do? What do born-again believers do in the face of persecution? Should we vigorously defend the faith? Should we attack those who express their thoughts or opinions? Should we persecute those who do not hold the same values as us the way that the Romans did to the Christians? Should we keep quiet and hold our faith so that we do not offend others? Should we shrink back into depression, into our eternal mental wrestling match? I want to read from Psalm 42, from verse 1. Remember in Psalm 27... We see a confident David, a David who says, the Lord is my light, whom shall I fear? He's bold and courageous. And then he writes these words in Psalm 42. As the deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul pants for you. My God, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, where is your God? And these things I remember as I pour out my soul, 
how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Friends, this is a different David. It's different to the one we read in Psalm 27 because in Psalm 27, David is in the house of the Lord. He's bold. He's confident. He's asking the Lord, let me dwell in your house all the days of my life. And here we find a David who we understand. Because all day long, on TikTok, on Netflix, on Facebook, and even on Joe Rogan's podcast, we daily hear the words, where is your God? This Psalm 42, David, is where we find ourselves today. Let's read further from verse 5. It says, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? David questions his own depression, his own wrestling with why, why, his doubt. He's asking himself, why are you feeling this way? And then he does something that separates those who fall under pressure from those who prevail in victory. He speaks life to himself. He commands his own mind, his own soul, and he says, Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. He doesn't feel like that. He doesn't feel like praising He's downcast. He's disturbed. He sees the enemies around him. He wants to defend. He wants to fight. But he feels like there's no point because God's not hearing him. But he says, put your hope in God. Yeah, he doesn't feel like he's in the house of God. He says, I'm longing for you. I pant for you as the deer pants for the water. David is a human being just like us, friends. He's facing enemies all around. All day long, the people are mocking him and questioning him, saying, where is your God? Friends, if you find yourself in this place this morning, if you're even asking yourself, where is God? If you're feeling downcast and filled with doubt, I ask you to do what David did. Command yourself. Put your hope in God. Challenge your own heart. Challenge your own feelings. Challenge your own mind and ask the question, why are you downcast, Johnny? Why are you so disturbed? And then command yourself. Put your hope in God. Why? Because 1 John 4 verse 4 says, because greater is he that is within us than he that is in the world. There is no greater value in heaven or on earth than Jesus Christ. The world may value everything else, but there is only one worthy of being valued, Jesus Christ. There is only one who should be the Christian's greatest value, and that is Jesus Christ. Put your hope in God. Put your hope in Jesus Christ. No matter what our circumstances are, no matter the voices that the world 
say and challenge our beliefs on a daily basis. All day long they're shouting, where is your God? No matter how downcast we may be, when we put our hope in God and we value Jesus Christ as the most important thing in our lives, we will find safety and we will find victory. We will write the same words that David writes in Psalm 46. Let's turn to Psalm 46 from verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river, those streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her to the break of, at the break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth mounts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord God Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. This David has gone through it all. He faces the enemy again and again. He faced himself. He faces his own doubts. He gets up again and he consistently challenges himself to put his hope in God. It's a constant cycle, but it's not permanent. Our struggles are not permanent, but we overcome by the blood of the Lamb. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. What is the word of our testimony? It's what David's saying. He says, I will recall to my mind what happened when you took us through all of the other obstacles. And then I put my hope in God. And that testimony is what we share with one another in the church and say, I am victorious. Not because of me. Not because of certain rituals and stuff I've done. No, but because I've trusted God and that He is a safe fortress. Friends, as we close off, if you were lost in the message, it's okay. Just hear this. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you, every one of us. If there was ever anything that we had to have to hold important right now, it's tough times. Let's hold on to Jesus. Nothing else matters. Let's hold on to Jesus. Let's lift up the name of Jesus. Let's seek him. Let's pant after him as the deer pants for the water. Let's dig deep and search for him. As deep cries unto deep is what David says. The Lord Almighty is with us. He will keep us safe in His house for all eternity. Amen.
Can we pray? Father, I want to thank you for the people who came up this morning who need that prayer, who are calling unto the name of Jesus. I want to thank you that we can speak the name of Jesus. That when we do, when we, when we seek your face, when we come into the house of the Lord, that you are our safe fortress. I thank you, Father, that you are the one who provides. That we do not need to understand with our own mind. That logic of humans is useless. But you provide in spite of all logic. We thank you, Father, that we can trust you. We value you. And we thank you for your provision in Jesus' name. Amen.